Hello and welcome back to yet another edition of I Haven't Heard That Name in Years. And this is part three of the Philly comedy series. And this is a great interview from, I think, over a year ago because of uh, the gaps in which I've done these interviews out of order uh, with my good friend and... Uh, comedy career long creative partner uh, Mr. Steve Miller Miller aka Toe Hogan from Kate's Bunker our beautiful thinly veiled uh, famous podcast uh, parody character uh, this is a super fun conversation about our, our good old days uh, you know sitting around in the, the kitchen of his job uh, bullshitting and uh, coming up with cool things like uh, Elvis and Dolly Parton 9-11 Truther Act. This is a very real thing I did. Uh, and we still work together on the stupidest comedy possible to this day. Uh, just th Why just now, uh, I got off a live stream, uh, one of the Kate's Bunker Live, uh, where Steve, reprising his role as Toe Hogan, uh, was convincing me that I had invisible cats, or Kate had invisible cats stuck to her feet, and was uh, shilling promo codes uh, to deal with said cats. We never stop. We, n we never stop with the, uh, the absolute madness. Uh, we're going to jump right into this episode, uh, but I would like to open with... Uh, we, the Witten uh, National Anthem, which was written by Mr. Steve Miller-Miller and was the opener for the Witten Awards, which was mentioned on previous podcasts, but this was the uh, kind of the Razzies for Philly comedy. It was a special achievements in bombing in Philly comedy. And uh, he had me sing this at the, the last Winnens that existed. He had me sing this in the opening, and this this was written by him. So this is the Witten National Anthem. Uh, put your hand on your heart or your phone in the air or something. <clears throat> oh, say can you see by the phone's early light which so quickly we raised when you first started bombing with your jokes about stars who just recently died and you talk to the crowd and you ask how they're doing when your sets in bad shape do some jokes about rape eat poop through the night but you're still standing there so should we keep rolling this comedy train clap it up Welcome to another episode of my lazy audio memoir. I haven't heard that name in years. Uh, we are now in the mud in Philly comedy, uh, which I've given, I, I've donated at least three to four episodes to because it was um, eight years of my life. So arguably uh, three and a half too many. Three, yeah, yeah, no, for sure, for sure. I mean, it was a <laughs> decent amount of time, um, and I feel like I'm giving various phases of my life electoral votes for how many episodes of the podcast they get, essentially, so pretty long one. Uh, Steve Miller Miller is here uh, because when I did comedy with him, it was fun. How you doing, Steve? Steve. Uh, Steve. Delightful. How are you? 
Lovely, lovely. That's enough top of the podcast banter. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> we don't have to go. What's your life like? Are you... Uh, uh, no, let's just go to the topics. All right. So, um, not that I didn't already do that on several other episodes. No level of introspection is going to get me around the fact that I'm doing a regular interview podcast. Are you about to say something? Yeah, I think that's that's what happened with Larry King is he was talking about his time with the news open mics where people would go when he'd put on his suspenders and his bow tie and nobody really cared. And then uh, one day he struck it big off of his audio memoir full of interviews. Yep. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Well, we're, we're um, following in some uh, in some large, uh, large glasses footsteps. <laughs> Uh, Let's do it. I, know, I know it's supposed to be your memoir, but I would like to put, I would like to note for the record that I tried to call into Larry King when I was I, I I don't know I had to have been like maybe eleven or so, but it was whatever the the Menendez brothers trial was. Uh, shout out to the Menendez brothers, and shout out to the one basketball player who has the Menendez brothers sitting courtside on his basketball card. I can't remember who it is, uh, but there's. I there's, hope you're listening. But there's definitely a basketball player that has a picture of the Menendez brothers on his basketball card. Anyway, um, <laughs> and I remember calling in to the Larry King show and I was on hold to talk to Larry King and be live on CNN. And here I was like some slapdick kid, like from the Cleveland Suburbs. And I was so <laughs> nervous. And then I got cut for time because they took everybody else's call. They didn't uh, no. want to wanna take a call from somebody who sounded like a minor child on the phone. Yeah, this is your. It's fine because this is your origin story for for being the uh, the, the reckless influence on my comedy that you had been. Um, because you decided to do fun stuff instead of uh, sit around. Even though I'm about to uh, say the first time I saw you, uh, I and I need help remembering this. It was some open mic that used to happen. Uh, no chick never mind i i just got it i was like calling i was like nocturne no that was the goth night um but like do you do you remember meeting me because that was the first time i saw you perform but i don't know if uh i i said hi also can you uh just explain the general scene of that mic because i, I remember that being weird uh, we're, ta- we're talking to, we're talking about the irish times correct no we're talking about noche go dig further oh yeah so Noche was one – so there was a period in time where people were so convinced of their forthcoming comedy glory that they went and incorporated their open mics. And Noche was one of the open mics that was run by the corporate open mic lobby because they'd gone to Delaware and gotten an LLC for their fucking open mic on the grounds that, well, when we make it big, we want to have, like, organizations, some, something that they could write a check to. This is always what uh-huh. people said. And it was always, the, the, like, so bizarre and so, like, uh, 31 steps down the line. But they were, yeah. It, 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 like, a, a lot of these people were folks who, like, skip auditions because they're too busy writing their acceptance speech for the Oscars. And... <laughs> So it was one of these. And the hosts of Noche were very serious. And uh, it, there were never all that many people there. Sometimes you'd get a special guest. Sometimes uh, the, the, one, the big name comedy club, Helium, was about two blocks away. And the best thing that happened to them was sometimes comedians from there would do a little guest spot at Noche. Uh, and we'd and, talk about it for a whole week, even though I only went to Noche like two or three times. I remember that being a thing. It's just yeah, like it's a whole... And, it, yeah, it's a, it really sent the stock price skyrocketing when <laughs> when, when these cor- when these massive corporations would get these big name guests at, at at their open mic, and I got in trouble <laughs> with the host for uh, telling a joke of, uh, that said that the name of the place Noche stood for not one chuckle here ever because. <laughs> <laughs> It was it was often abandoned, and a lot of times there weren't anybody there. And like like a lot of open mics, like the people put their friends up first, and uh, you know we can't have too many women in the first half, and blah 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 blah. blah. You know, got to keep it mixed. Mm. And like, just fuck you to anybody who thinks that the order of comedians really fucking matters on an open mic. Um, it's it's it, it doesn't. 
there's there's nope. never been a single human event that turned on <laughs> uh, on the order of comedians at, a, at at an open mic. But again, if you're if you're running a like Fortune 500 company, then it's 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 a different scenario. And these people were running a Fortune 500 company. Uh, Written Written House Comedy LLC. I couldn't remember the name of it. I just remember the name of it. Written House Comedy LLC. And then oh my god, uh, the the people who ran Raven Lounge were also incorporated. Uh, Center City Comedy. Center City. Center City. Center City. Center City Comedy Are... was GM, and Written House Comedy was like Ford. Um, Whoa! I didn't know. Oh, like I knew those names being thrown around, but I didn't know that was the like story with them because I was always kind of touch it. Like I, as soon as I got my open mic, comedy is liberty. I kind of stopped giving a fuck about most of the other ones because I was like, that's enough. I <laughs> uh, was, but, was comedy is liberty incorporated or no? You know, you didn't have fuck no, fuck no. <laughs> that was me and my no. That that was me and Mike O'Donnell uh, failing right. upward, like Com- ridiculous, like top notch failing upward. We went from like a place with like clip lamps and just like scattershot cooking ability, um, that with church pews in the attic to they like got gentrified and threw in a stage, and then we got gentrified out of that space and one of the dudes who worked at the Trocadero is like, oh, do you want the Trocadero? And we're like, yeah, that's better. But, like, we never put a lot of effort into that show. We didn't market it super well. Um, we, we did the opposite. We just, again, failing upward. Me and Mike O'Donnell. Just, <laughs> it's like... Um, I mean, and then, like, there were also, like, legitimate comedy, co- like, Good Good was, yeah. uh, was a comedy company, one might say. Mm-hmm. That, uh, got, they're, they're gone now, right? Yeah, I, I think that they, uh, they, the, um, uh, what do you call it? The, the improv pandemic that uh, wiped out a lot of them um, also took good, good. Uh, <laughs> That's, yeah. Uh, I didn't think I'd seen anything from Improv that. 20 on the. <laughs> For a while. And, yeah. Um, but, but, yeah, there were. And then uh, I was at one point offered an ownership stake in Meat Hook. Meat Hook comedy ran shows for a little while. I turned down the ownership stake, which dumb, dumb, dumb. Just like I, just like I should have poured every dollar into Bitcoin at thirteen bucks when the dumb libertarians were telling you about it. Uh, really, <laughs> you know, I, 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 the, the drink tickets I could be having right now if I had had an ownership stake at a comedy corporation. <laughs> oh my goodness! Um, what? Yeah, what? So you, do- you, okay, I'm sorry. I, 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 I have to go for a little while longer. And how fucking ridiculous this is! Like, yeah, no, no, go, well, whatever. It doesn't like, matter. Like, right. That's what let's, the intro. The intro say- for my podcast is like for setting up, like going off track. So who gives a fuck? Like, come on, let's go. <laughs> All right, let's say let's say you're the CEO of a comedy company, right? Do you like file annual reports, like based on like headcount? Like, do, are there people who are who? Are, do you have investors that you have to report to? Like, you got to have board meetings and like everybody sits around at this giant rectangular table and you stand at the front of that in front of a PowerPoint presentation talking about how your net like drink ticket expenditure was down 14% this quarter and uh like we had it we had it we had to file an ESG report about rape jokes and like the, like I, yeah it's it's a sketch but people thought people thought this was people's lives like they thought it was yeah like a, the next big thing cuz uh Comedy attracts a certain egomania in people, and uh, they tend to think that if they're doing something, then that means it's the fucking renaissance for whatever that thing is, you know? And people people really thought that they were getting in on the ground floor of, like, a new wave of stand-up comedy where uh, you read tweets on stage. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) If only they had... uh just invented tiktok instead or something i don't know um so uh to to bring this back around uh because that that was the climate in which i met you and kind of just went oh man i don't know if i care about all this and right. i think i i think i might have like bombed we met once. under the auspices of rittenhouse comedy llc correct yeah yeah exactly like, and i do remember I, I do remember meeting you and i remember uh smoking satan spinach in an alley that fuck yeah where uh, so where was that was that raven or no that was well we we went to like a little alley off the side of raven there used to be more there used to be more great little weed smoking alleys in center city philadelphia back then when it was slightly shittier 
Yeah, although it's become shittier again. Um, so it's possible. Make Philadelphia uh, they, shitty again. Make Philadelphia <laughs> shitty again. No, both Philadelphia and New York have rolled back at least a decade, if not a couple more decades. Uh, like honestly, <laughs> so there might be more. But yeah, so we met it. So we met at Raven. That's dope. Um, when. I, it's just like again because because so many of our memories are with weed they're all jumbled as far as like timelines go uh so in like like in what order did these events happen uh federal detention the musical that was first the wit that was first okay Correct. for everything else okay so then we'll start with federal detention the musical uh Steve, as the writer uh, of Federal Detention, the musical, or co-writer, is a shout-out to our friend uh, David Piccolini somewhere. By his comedy uh, album. He's got a comedy album out. Oh, yeah, by his comedy album. Listen to Tinder Tales. There's a, if three uh, of you do it, he'll be number one on the comedy charts. Comedy. Yeah, so can you uh, describe the events leading up to an inspiring feder- federal detention, the musical, and then the the process of creating it. <laughs> so federal detention, the musical happened when, you know what the Wittins were before the Wittins. The Wittins were before. Okay. Uh, Wittins, um, Wittins might've been 2014, but yeah. 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 I remember I didn't that, do that, it that until how many years did, how many years did you do the win-ins? Because I think I only actually did it with you the, either the, twice or once. It, yeah. It was, I, I think I, I think I ran it twice and yeah. I think you were on the second year. So yeah. Federal, yeah. I was federal, just the second federal, year. Federal, yeah. federal detention was first. And then yeah, the win-ins were second. Cause this was one of the, one of, didn't one of the win-ins happen in a fucking outdoor alley or no that was what they were that was that no. was just a proposal was that we were gonna yeah do no by- we were yeah we were at connie's right we were at connie's but we were gonna do them at the dumpster behind the raven lounge that was the original <laughs> plan so the the win-ins were the awards for the because the uh, a lot of the more improv comedians were really big into the smell of their own farts and they held an award show circle jerk for themselves. That was at this really nice venue, uh, world cafe live. And they were all getting dressed up. Like it was the goddamn golden globes to, which I guess that's what the golden globes is. Okay. But it's famous people. At least it's not like somebody who paid $800 to an improv teacher and, uh, people not pretend they're good. And, uh, it was this big award show, so we decided that at the same time we were going to have an award show for the worst comedy in the city, and people lost their goddamn minds. Uh, <laughs> it's a creation of a Facebook page. Although, what really chapped assholes is when the when the nominations came out because the nominations were decided like by a Facebook thread, but like. I think it was Stalin who said it's he who has he who counts the votes who has the power, not he who votes. <laughs> right. I remember you you acknowledging like super votes and stuff. Like yeah, super votes. <laughs> the system was corrupt as fuck. <laughs> and so, uh, uh, can you rattle the- off some categories? Uh, <laughs> uh, worst worst stand up comedian, worst worst venue, worst open mic, worst comedy sketch. Uh, worst comedy corporation was absolutely on there. <laughs> uh, worst musical act. I, 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 there was there we were had... there, there were a couple about physical appearance, so it might have been ugly. Oh person. man, no! I think my uh, my favorites were uh, special achievements in misogyny. Uh, most likely, <laughs> that, was the, uh, that was the second year. But yeah, that was the second year. Uh, we had a lifetime achievement award. Was that the, just the, the second the, year? Yeah. The, or... the, 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 fir- the first the first year was much more just standard. Like you suck at comedy. Here's an award yeah. for why you suck at comedy. And I think there was only one or two. Uh, one or two. Blah 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 blah. There was an award named after someone. I think it was Joe Mayo for like the like the Joe Mayo Edge Lord of the Year. Uh, and I think Greg Lynn won. And then, yeah. But it, we, we, you got to love it. Uh, the, the yeah, no. And, and so the nominations came out. It was decided by Facebook thread with super votes. And, uh, <laughs> oh, God. Pe- pe- people absolutely freaked the fuck out over, over being nominated. A lot of the people knew they were terrible comics and didn't care. <laughs> uh, and some of them were divorced dads and 
divorced dads, uh, whatever you suggest they're not good, tend to absolutely fly off the goddamn handle. And this one divorced dad <laughs> went absolutely fucking nuts. He and I are friends now. God bless him. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he, he absolutely went nuts. And then years later, he was like, hey, you know, I wasn't on SSRIs at the time. But um, he like as soon as he got nominated because he was nominated in multiple categories, he was, you know, what 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 Jiggly was to the raspberries. And Mm -hmm. uh, he he flew off the handle and he messaged everybody that had like subscribed to the page that if they attended the IRL show, they were no longer going to be friends. And this was the greatest marketing that the show could have had. Uh, (laughs) Like, we should have fucking known Trump was going to become president then. It all, oh, makes, wait, sense did, re- it all makes sense in retrospect. And, did, I t- did I ever tell you that I explained the concept of this show to Barry Crimmins and he loved it? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? Like, that's all the validation we need. He's like, that's really good. He's like, I'm like, yeah, I don't know if we could pull it off anywhere but Philadelphia, like literally anywhere. <laughs> like, and, and it was at like one of the venues that was really terrible. Uh, uh-huh. Cotty's Rick Rack. Uh, uh-huh. was one of these days that could never decide if you were allowed to smoke weed in their alley or not. <laughs> like you're either getting yelled at for it or like getting invited by the bartender to go smoke weed in the alley, but it was whatever. And yeah, the, the, the show, the show was well received. Uh, everybody who went had a good time, including people who won, like people gave acceptance speeches and blah, blah, blah. Um, we did it the second year. We gave out a bunch of awards. We had we had like songs and musical bits, and there were like it, the, the second year was a little more involved. And then they stopped doing the wit outs. That was the other problem was that it was a <laughs> there, there was a show that it was a the show that it was a parody of. Like people went to the wit ends instead of their show, and then they, then, then they went on her, and there was like kind of no point to doing the wit ends anymore. But I love it. Oh my god. Yeah, I I remember. Um... I did the national, I sang the national anthem for year two of the, yeah, for, of the Wittens. And then you also had, oh, the awards were little bags of trash with dicks drawn on them, right? Yeah, the bags were, the, the, uh, a physical Witten award, yes, is a, a Ziploc bag filled with garbage plus a, a dick drawn on it. And to our, to our credit, especially in year two, we had some really artistic dicks drawn on the bags. Mm-hmm. Yeah, didn't uh, Robert Rule win one two years in a row, and he brought last year's bag of trash with him? Did I remember that yes, right? Yes, and he held them in both hands like he was Meryl fucking Streep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God damn. Oh, and then and then there was the 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 knife incident, which got uh, blown out of proportion. Uh, we <laughs> want to talk. Explain the knife incident. <laughs> oh, so. <laughs> There was this uh, recently released ex-con who began doing comedy, and he was widely maligned by all because his idea of doing comedy was taking jokes he'd heard other comedians say and then say those jokes. And it kind of worked because he would committed them to memory, whatever, whatever. Like, he had put in a modicum of work to stealing other people's jokes, but he didn't understand that. You're supposed to write the jokes yourself. You don't just get up there and fucking say any funny shit you heard anywhere uh, or say movie quotes or whatever. And uh, he won a win in and then uh, told somebody he had a knife. And then uh, through through various Facebook retellings, it became somebody was attacked <laughs> with a knife at the win ins yeah, didn't Joe Murdoch jump on stage during that Philly's funniest Joe Murdoch to whatever year that was? He just won. Um, but uh, yeah, fucking didn't he jump on stage? Like, wasn't there some drama? Like, yeah, it was. It was. It was between Joe Murdoch and somebody. I don't. I, I don't remember. I thought it was Mike Pro. I thought it was the other guy, the guy that allegedly had the knife. I thought that was what was happening. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to remember that guy's fucking name. Rob what, the something. the knife guy, Mike Proto. Mike Proto, that Mikey P. Mike Proto, yeah, yeah. Mike Proto. Oh, okay, <laughs> what do you think he's up to? You think he's like close to pioneering a cure for Parkinson's? Uh, oh, I guess man. We're, we're, we're really talking about a, a great intellect here. 
God, who even knows? You know, with it, with a, that level of genius, you can go anywhere. Um, yeah, especially like, Delaware like, County. You think about these people, and you're like, oh, but like they're not doing comedy anymore. Like, goddamn, like they're, they're surely they're close to nuclear fission. Uh, can BDC, mm. uh, whose one joke was like, I like fat bitches, and then that was it. It was I like fat bitches. The end. And but um, who? Yeah, we really knew some 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 terrible comedians in our day, and some of them were in my musical, which leads us to our next topic. So, Hell yeah. Uh, over time, like I got a little bored living in the ghetto in Philadelphia, and I decide, well, you know, now's a good point in history to be trolling libertarians on Facebook. So I do for a while, and uh, the conspiracy show I'm on gets invited to like a whole bunch of libertarian events, and then Poe comes up with N.A. Poe, God bless him, comes up with this idea that he's going to start these smoke-out events where they're going to smoke weed in public like weed activists have done for time immemorial. But because he's an egomaniac, he thinks he's the first person ever to do this, and he gets arrested by the cops and gets thrown in federal detention, and it's the funniest fucking thing ever to happen. I mean, because I'm not the one in lockup in federal prison. And... (laughs) Uh, but but it's also like he's a conspiracy. I feel like we didn't build up enough uh, to really understand why uh, him getting thrown in. Like, can you describe the events of the day of the yes. arrest? Okay. Because we need so more context we, of the guy getting ta- arrested. He had talked such an insane amount of shit about how this was going to change federal laws and everything's going to be different because a bunch of people smoked weed at a park and. Uh, now it's gonna it, it'll, it'll go nationwide blah 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 and instead he got fucking thrown in jail and they denied him bail for a week yeah and, uh, and yeah, like he just went to jail for a week but then like had to retro but he was locked up with no nutcase uh, Adam Kokesh and they just blow smoke up each other's ass the entire time they're locked up and they get out and the main thing they announce is that they're going to become millionaires because uh they're they've pioneered the idea of franchising protests and that people are going to i'm not i i swear to fucking christ i'm not making this up and Mm -hmm. people are going to pay them a franchise fee to get arrested for weed what and, I never knew this part. It's because that was my thing. I was like, we need to like make this like a little bit more clear why him getting thrown into federal defension is money, and now we're here. Okay, cool. Um, and they're like, like uh, they go, I, I remember them telling me, it's like, I'm never going to have to work again. And I'm like, <laughs> why? And it was because he had raised, I think it was like three grand uh, of a legal defense fund that used the public defender as everybody with a legal defense fund for activist shit has done for time immemorial. Uh, it's, it's the activist salary, the legal defense fund. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, he thinks, thinks he's going to, like, make all this money charging people charging people to use the name i guess uh smoke, yeah. smoke down prohibition uh in order to be like unsanctioned and like get you that they would promote it or something uh mm-hmm. and and that'd be that and then he was gone and uh yep and then he, then he went and then that's it uh and then i'm like oh you know what someone should someone should write a musical about this and i did <laughs> and it was all it was like 90 like percent song parodies and uh we pre it debuted at the Philadelphia Fringe Festival and it was hated by theater critics uh, especially from the Philadelphia Gay News God bless them uh, but I think they like came in expecting something oh yeah no they came in expecting an actual like the first night it was just all of our friends and it was like N.A. Poe was there because he was being portrayed in a musical it was like all his friends it was all the smoke down people they had like a green carpet premiere because they were expecting a Steve Miller Miller production um but everybody else was just somebody who read a fringe festival uh pamphlet and I- I'm never gonna forget the fringe festival critics said that he's seen better blocking on a cuckoo clock yeah like, that's it was the, beautiful. That, that was <laughs> Yeah, like that that's that's the second greatest like theater critic slam I've ever heard. Uh first was when Frank Rich of the New York Times said about the musical cats, it's the perfect musical for the kid who has everything except loving parents. (laughs) 
Yeah, so in that musical, uh, I played a septicop uh, who uh, arrested after the protest, because there was two people, uh, Adam Kokesh, libertarian, well, they're both the libertarian personalities, so it was like Annie Poe and Adam Kokesh who got arrested on stage in front of the crowd. Um, and also, it's it's like, for more of like context, this was like on the front lawn of the Liberty Bell, so it was on federal property, which is why they got put in federal detention. The city cops seemed to just not be arresting anybody. They were just kind of, like, the Philly cops tend to not be as, like, on top of people about weed, but they're doing it on federal property, so they got arrested by federal cops, like, while they're on stage, but then also, after the protest, um, our, our good, uh, friend Kyle, uh, <laughs> wherever you are, he got arrested for, uh, by a septicop, um, for line stepping, uh, for stepping on the line, and it seemed as though it was connected with the protest because they they have a, a video. Um, can you talk about? Um... Well, for context, Kyle was all pissed off at the cops because of this arrest that yeah. had just happened at the protest. This one yeah. totally foreseeable. Two, uh, all in all, fairly reasonable arrest. Like uh, you do it mm-hmm. to get arrested, and then they arrest you. Like how are you yeah. fucking shocked? And. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and he goes downstairs and he starts like talking shit to all the cops. You're fascist, blah blah blah. And then one, then he steps on the cops and one, of, and then he steps on the line. And uh, this female cop who looked like a methier version of you, uh, <laughs> uh, comes and came and came and arrested him. And people were screeching in the background and blah blah blah. Yeah, didn't you say that? Uh, can can you talk about what happened to this the SEPTA trial? Because I wasn't there. Okay, I was the only person who was there. So Kyle had to go to SEPTA court, and unlike other courts, SEPTA court's not open to the public. It's just some random magistrate judge who sits there <laughs> and talks to everything. And they said, so there is people are in line to go in and Kyle's up there with Kyle. He's going to plead not guilty. He's going to like <laughs> be like, I don't know, <laughs> fat white trash Johnny Cochran talking about uh, how, how he did nothing wrong. He was just standing on the line and they're like, okay, are you, are you the defendant or, and uh, somebody in, in front of us had said, I'm a witness. And they said, well, you can't, you can't bring witnesses. So by the time they got to me, I said, I'm an interpreter. And they said, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, did did, did they ask you what you were interpreting? No, 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 no. (laughs) And I figured they wouldn't. (laughs) I never heard that part. And they let us in. The ju- the judge pretty the judge threw out the charges of stepping on the line, blah 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 blah. Uh, but that just basically told Kyle, watch yourself, et cetera, et cetera. The uh, Nicole Nicole Lawson, the the cop that you played, uh, was in fact there in the courtroom and was like, yeah, he was calling us bitches and stuff, and blah 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 blah. But yeah, it was it it it, it was it was quite a time. I also, I also, I also remember I was biking home from where it happened and there was this random like park police person walking up. This had to have been third street and like I'm biking by. So I just yell, fucking fascist. (laughs) I keep on biting and he stops what he's doing, hoists both middle fingers in the air and bellows, fuck you. Oh my god! Then there was a protest um, at the federal detention facility when Poe when Poe was there, and one of, one of the prison guards was Asian and and big and chunky, and I sexually harassed him for a solid two hours, and <laughs> uh, people were outside with megaphones, blah 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 blah, and yeah, it's a really shitty prison to be in from everything I've ever heard. The federal detention center at, at at Seventh and Race in in downtown Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. Because there, there's clearly no outside or anything. But there's no to, like, pr- I mean, there's to no... be to be fair, this all did happen pre-COVID. Uh, that was yeah. one of the worst COVID outbreaks in the country. Was at that particular facility. Yeah. So. Yeah. So th- this was uh, what? What year was this? This is like, 2013. Well, it, all the bullshit happened in 2012, damn. and then um, yeah, it went to trial in 2013, and the musical was in 2013. 
Right, 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 right. I, I remember you saying at Septicourt the judge threatened to actually throw a book at Kyle if he wanted if he demanded to show the video again. Did that? Did you? Did that happen? Or? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. he said, because <laughs> he's like, I'd like to show the video of the arrest. I'd like to show the video of the arrest. I'm like, and she's like, I'm gonna literally throw a book at you if you uh, think. She's like, we're not showing videos in here. Because yeah, people have this very TV ideal of what court is like, and that's not what court is like. <laughs> like you're, no, I'm gonna. Oh wait, I've got, I've got this on video. I'm vindicated. Like no, the fuck you aren't. Yeah. Like how it goes is however the court says it's gonna go, and that's that. Yeah, and they're just punching in and out too. Like I, uh, I, I've watched Zoom court oh, yeah. hearings at she your had, house. That's had, your new budgeted, favorite activity. Yeah, she budgeted maybe like three to five minutes per hearing because she's got to move this line along. Uh, yeah. Like most judges, it's not as if they're paid by the case. So, or, you know, it's like she gets her caseload, and, and after that caseload's done, she gets to go the fuck home. So, she's not sitting there watching Kyle's entire video. Fuck off with that. Yep. And, yeah, my my musical number was Kyle's Arrest, and it was uh, When You Fuck With Septa, Septa Fucks With You, to the tune of uh, the Mama, yeah, from mama Matron in, from mama. Chicago. Yeah. And I had a caution tape boa. Um, all kinds of, uh, all kinds of majesty. And then I arrested, uh, Witten, a uh, winner, Greg, uh, right. Witten legend, Greg Lynn. <laughs> I, I will say this, Played though. Kyle. You will never in your life, not, no matter how, what multitude of cocks you as a male may suck, nothing will ever make you feel as gay as being there on the debut night of your musical, watching the choreography, which has inferior blocking to a cuckoo clock. Uh, happen for all the world to see. It's just so fabulously homosexual, and I really wish that everybody would get the chance to experience it at least once. Yeah, and that's how comedy was fun for me, was insane trolling, uh, like... Right. That's, what, that's what it's supposed I, to be. But yeah. people people get people get caught up in this idea of money, and like they have to do this for uh -huh. a living, and they get caught up in the status element of it, and mm -hmm. it, at the expense of a lot of humor. And yeah. uh, like they just kind of get up their own ass in general. Like as I said earlier, it's a it's something that really feeds to the the ego maniacal aspects. So people and if you're good enough at it, you will eventually be around people who blow sunshine up your ass all the time, and you'll start to think that what you are doing truly matters, and comedy doesn't. And <laughs> uh, you'll start thinking, oh, like, I've got this voice. I've got this platform. No, motherfucker. What you've got is dick jokes at a podcast. Like, yep. you, you, yep. Need to, you need to calm down with all that. Uh, and, like, some of them become, like, these, like, kind of shit-tier pundits. Others, be like, are even more cringe will become spiritual gurus or some bullshit like that. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it, it's a hell of a drug. It's, and you got to unplug it's for a while periodically. It's yeah, and you know, I, I, I find myself just uh, skirting on the edges of it, but part of the reason I've managed to do uh, shit like Kate's Bunker is because I did get sappy on you, is because I was doing stuff like this with you, I was like, this is more fun, like, regular comedy, it just feels like another thing I'm decent at, like, trolling makes me feel alive. Um, right. So yeah. I'm, like, the, making 13 episodes of a, a fake podcast like I did with Kate's Bunker was something that was uh, a, a tangential result of doing comedy with you in Philly instead of just doing the standard thing as we did stuff like this and uh, leading into the next thing uh, Truther, Elvis, and Dolly uh, can, you, can you, I want you to explain the genesis of this and also the events of Black so, Friday Comedy Marathon this, 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 is, this is another uh, event that started with marijuana and we were talking about 9-11 because when you smoke a lot of marijuana you entertain a lot of theories about 9-11 and I was really into Elvis at the time and I said, you know what? What if there were truth or Elvis? There's fake Elvises for every other purpose in the world. What if we had truth or Elvis? And soon I realized, well, I would need like multiple truth or Elvis costumes. And I would need like some way to have a little costume break in the middle of a show. So why, like, it, it'd be smart to get another truth or ex-celebrity impersonator uh, to come out and do songs. Uh, and I knew you were always down down for the struggle, so uh, you Fuck soon yeah. became Truth or Dolly Parton and sang Steel Beams, Steel Beams, Steel Beams, Steel Beams! Yeah, right. Jeff, you cannot melt them, no, um, they can. And uh, I became Truth or Elvis. Uh, 
Your kisses lift me higher Like a steel like beam catching fire. fire You melt my you beam, melt my of, steel beam of steel burning Like fuel. burning fuel ooh, ooh. That was our, <laughs> dog, that was our duet one fuel. That was our closer, yo <laughs> Yes, and we performed Truth or Elvis I, it, I don't think it was the first time because I think we did a couple like at, at underground arts weird things and like maybe an open mic yeah. or two. We had, we had done the material previously, but we decided We'd that we the were going to do Mike. the Black Friday Comedy Festival for the Philadelphia Improv Theater. And <laughs> um, Hiroshima was not bombed so hard as Truth or Alvinus <laughs> at the at, at the Black Friday Although, Comedy Festival. No, so Black actually, Friday I Comedy mean, here's Festival, the deal. It was yeah. a split audience. It was because there was a decent amount of people there that like d- consider that legend. Like Fogletto was there, and she was yeah. losing her goddamn mind. Yeah. Um. But the uh, people there, that bombed there were a lot of created that like dark funny. energy. You're, you're, yeah. You're, you're, you're kind of right, but uh, we did get booed. Um, <laughs> somebody, somebody did did claim that they were a victim of 9-11 by virtue of having lived in the fucking state of New Jersey on September 11th. Like, as if living in Cherry Hill <laughs> means that you were, like, on floor 108. Like, yeah, those are definitely... Oh, my God. You, you've certainly got a right to talk. Like, hey, I lived in New Jersey. But, okay, no buildings in New <laughs> Jersey got, got fucking attacked on 9-11. If you lived in D.C., okay. If you lived in New York, okay. You lived in fucking New Jersey. You were So you're telling me you were several miles from where all this shit happened? Okay. You were you were safe enough that you made it out to complain uh, about somebody, fuck, you know, doing Elvis songs about Alex Jones material. All right, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I I've, I I know somebody who is at Ground Zero that thinks this is hilarious. I've like I, I tell this story all the time. I, and also, my favorite part of this story uh, was that you um like right before we went on stage, and I I think both of us could feel that this is about to go sideways. You just put your hand on my shoulder and go, Hannah. Just remember, if it gets rough out there, they're just improv people. <laughs> I don't remember saying that, but that one hundred percent sounds like something I would say. <laughs> that was like the funniest shit. In my yeah, life. like that was. Well, that's I mean, why it, it needs to be in the memoir. If I ever have some kind of like actual fucking Netflix like autobiographical thing, I'm like that moment was a movie moment. That was perfect. <laughs> no, exactly. We bombed in front of a bunch of cultists. You know, people, people. But it was also, but it was still a prime spot. It was like, it was 9 p.m. on a Saturday. That show is like packed out, and we were sandwiched between two wholesome improv troops that were doing the zip zap to like fucking. Oh yeah, pre- people have themselves. definitely invited their offices to this thing. Oh uh, yeah, because like a lot of the improv people are kind of normal and will you know like they're have a day people. job in data entry or accounts payable or something and they're like hey scarf like I people do it's a specific like, kind of person should, they, they wear should, scarves so you, you should come to our show and, and then uh yeah. like and then here's fucking like steel beams here's <laughs> you know, all this other shit. uh you did suspicious lines it was also long is the thing that I, I heard a rumor that the guy the tech that didn't black it's if you don't watch improv turning all the lights off on the stage is called blacking or something like I forget what it is but like that's what you do to tell improv troops it's time to leave it's you turn all the lights off um I heard a rumor somewhere that the guy that was running the lights got fired for not blacking us soon enough um like he should like he was supposed to shuffle us off stage because we had a 20 minute thing uh because right they, but yeah. here's the problem <laughs> Uh, can you really count it? Can you can you fire an unpaid employee? Like that? Point. Yeah. Because <laughs> it, it, it's an improv theater. All their uh, their their labor is entirely volunteers, and they put they put that on their little bullshit fundraising. So, <laughs> like, basically, you told a guy he has to take tickets instead of being deci- instead of deciding when to censor truth or Elvis because he I was just throwing too many truths out there. Yeah, yeah, both of us were. They couldn't. Uh, they they couldn't handle us at all. Also, uh, like I think you um, thought that you would be able to do tech day of, um, and because you thought it was going to be at like a like a less lower because apparently like, Black Friday Comedy Marathon apparently had much less production value the last time you did it. Correct. Um, so it was at a different theater. Um, and you were like, oh, I need to talk to somebody about tech, and they were like, no, uh, you should have submitted that like a week ago. So we played right. all of the karaoke tracks on your phone. Correct. Correct. Um, and they were expecting a band. Um, <laughs> it's just, and 
I, like, honestly, I would trade a hundred, like, decent stand-up sets for that. Like, I don't know why, but that specific bomb just gave me energy and inspired me for the rest oh, of the like, I feel good alive. Oh, You gotta bomb every- Oh, it is. You, you gotta bomb every now and then, and then when you bomb, you go out fighting, too. Like, oh, you yeah. know, you, oh, yeah. you, 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 make, you make somebody get in your face and tell you about how they lived in fucking Lindenwald during 9-11. <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ. Speaking of bombing, you want to talk about Irish Times? Or can you describe Irish Times? Irish Times is a the place where I used to sell weed edibles. And it was a yep. bar that didn't pay its taxes and got shut down by the city of Philadelphia. But before they got shut down, they were a bar. It was a bar and grill. And they... Uh, it, it was sort of like the, the, the Palpatine Senate of dick jokes because the stage was on the lowest level of the building. Then, then about a foot above the comedian, there was a, a floor of tables. Then on another tier, there were maybe two or three tables by the entryway by the door. There was also a cigarette vending machine, which you never, ever see anymore. Yeah, and was, and, God. And, yeah. And then uh, on the top floor, there was another bar, which was usually not listening to the comedy downstairs. Uh, but if you could get laughs from the top floor, then you were doing generally pretty good at Irish Times. And it was on Monday. Chris Hayes, God bless him. Mad love to Chris Hayes. Ran Irish Times. And then uh, – but, but he ran it after uh, – who was the old guy? Mike Doherty. Uh, yeah. It, and Mike ran it for years and years. And – it was a Mike ran a comedy company too, but he was one of the ones that was like kind of legit. He d- legitimately did book shows at various venues, but it was all boomer shows. Um, yeah. So, like the crowd at his shows were people from down the block that they'd known each other since the nineteen seventies, and it was a very Philly centric. Uh, sort of vibe at all of his things except for the irish times because irish times was it was it was the monday show uh there were a couple there were a couple different open mics in philly but uh on mondays that it was pretty much just the irish times so people came there um the last time i ever saw chris cotton was there uh and yeah uh, and it, it the, the 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 vibe was was very loose uh you could get away with saying whatever you wanted um you could blow the light uh etc i remember that irish times was the mic that was like the most friendly for uh audience interrupting it was kind of just assumed yeah 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 yeah. that was was that's why you would call it the greek senate because we would just like constant like you were just allowed to mouth it was just understood that if you were at irish times uh steve was gonna hassle you from the corner while setting yeah i was gonna hassle you from the corner and if you did the exact same set every single place you went i was 100 percent gonna carry joke of your ass and say your jokes along with you while you're saying them uh hacks fucking hated this shit uh, uh like of, of, of all the ways Steve Miller, to, Miller, of all menace. the ways to troll stuck up self-important comedians that i ever came up with carry jokey was absolutely the best uh you like because after a while like they say the, the the exact same thing so many goddamn times and you hear it every single night for just weeks and weeks and weeks on end that inadvertently it just gets committed to memory so some of these jokes I could still tell you today. Shit, I could probably oh, yeah, do same. an entire Robert Rule set right now. But yeah, same. same. Uh, it, like, if you sit there and you say the jokes along with them, at first they'll like look at the mic and like think something's fucked with the mic. Then they'll realize it's you. And they like, there's this like deer in headlights thing that happens where they don't know like whether to get because they don't know how, like how to change up the words or anything. Uh, so they just have to fucking continue doing these jokes. Sometimes they'll end it like really early, uh, and then they'll get like, "Fuck you, Miller," or, or or whatever. But in general, yeah, something they have to deal with. And yep, yeah, that was My, good. Um... But Fantasy Bombers League was also big. Did you ever participate in that? Oh no, I saw you doing it, but I didn't participate in it. Definitely explain that one. So uh, <laughs> there was the the big comedy competition every year was called Philly's Funniest, and it would draw not just like comedians that we do, but also a lot of comedians that nobody had ever heard of. And some of them were okay because they were out of towners. They came from Boston for it. They were originally from Philly, whatever. Uh, they do they they're you know on the radio or some shit. But a lot of them were just hacks, and were and were pretty bad hacks. And 
some of them we'd seen before because so, so, some of these people had been to open mics and a lot of them would come try out their set for Philly's Funniest at the open mics before. And that was kind of the scouting period for Fantasy's Bombers League. But it basically operated like fantasy football, but for being shitty at comedy. And when you would take the stage, if somebody had chosen you on their team for Fantasy Bombers League, I'd stand there with a stopwatch. And the second <laughs> you started talking, I would hit start. And then you would get points for for every 10 seconds there was no laughter. <laughs> and the, and like, I think Brian Fennell intentionally bombed one year to blow up someone's Fantasy Bombers thing because he did like his first joke or two <laughs> and they didn't go well. And he's like, well, fuck it. Someone's losing Fantasy Bombers right now because <laughs> um, nobody fucking had him. Uh, but you got extra points if you were like the highest, if, if you were the player that had the the most points so uh yeah oh my goodness i i love it um i'm gonna close this out with uh i'm gonna get out of here on this um <laughs> what clap else it up, clap it up for your host <laughs> clap it up for your host yeah fuck it um <laughs> but i wanted like my favorite memory from irish times is when i went upstairs uh and i was like where's the bathroom and the guy's like uh it's over there but it's unisex so uh be careful <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that story. <laughs> I was just like, "All right, awesome, thanks." And then they got shut down for tax evasion. <laughs> um, so the, the the next thing I want to do, uh, if you're ever game for it, is there is a website, uh, the name of which you can redact for the actual episode, but it's rightwingradio.net, and they have mm-hmm. they have no screeners, and they have no way to like. Uh, stop you from calling <laughs> and it's, it's all these like diet proud boys uh virtue signaling about like you know how much they hate uh x group and mm. uh you could call in and uh just tell them absolutely fucking anything but that, that would yeah be no one. i'm in i'm in and i encourage other people listening to this to do it as well they're not gonna listen to this so we're, and it's also it, it doesn't even matter if they do because no it'll still be like a dozen people but it'll be a dozen people who are super fucking likely to do it <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah so, no for sure i, I have a, i have point. a bunch of shit starters i surround myself with shit starters it keeps me humble please if i ever start becoming a spiritual guru you gotta keep you gotta it, it don't help me please yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't i don't want to be up my own ass it's it's a nice ass but i don't want to be there can't have you become um, a steve venus no 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 none of that yeah. okay well uh, steve not venus uh <laughs> steve miller miller thanks for coming on man yeah bless uh, your grind it was great talking about bless the old your grind and... <laughs> the old yep times. i look forward to many more years of fucking hijinks uh probably all of it on pain. <laughs> yep yep <laughs> <Yeah>. yep <laughs>